Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. From Capital Broadcasting Company and WRAL-FM, welcome to Wine and Dandy because wine is fun and we intend to prove it. I'm your host, Sarah King. I'm your host, Jamie Kasky. And this episode, I'm very excited because this is a father of a very dear friend of mine we're speaking to today, and he happens to be an innovator in the Uh wine world. We have Mark Noel, who is the founder and chairman of Vinventions, and he and his father are responsible for inventing the synthetic wine cork. Welcome, Mark Noel. Thank you very much, Sarah. Glad to be here. (laughs) So I just want to jump right in and find out how, okay, first of all, your corks, as I know them, are Norma corks. And are they still going by that name? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, yes, they're still going by this name, but they are not the only ones. So quick story here, and we probably will talk more about that later. But Norma Cork uh, was founded as a company with one product, namely the Norma Cork Synthetic Closure. Uh, and then subsequently, we transformed the company into a service company in addition to the products that we make. And we diversified uh, substantially oh, from Nomacork, the product, into numerous other closures, in fact, all other different closures and technologies for wine. Wow. Okay, that's that's a lot. I know we're going to talk about the different kinds, but I think one of the most inter- interesting things that I read, Mark, was that for these closures that cost perhaps 10 to 20 cents each to make, they are protecting like $100 bottles of wine. So really, your product is the most important part of enjoying wine. Can you tell us a little bit about that? No doubt about it. And, and that was also our window of opportunity is that the corks that were made before essentially 1999 when we came onto the market um, had a, a big failure uh, in, their, in, in, in the way nature made corks. Uh, so cork is made out of an oak bark, um, Quercus suber, uh, primarily grown in Portugal and Spain. Uh, and um, it, it inherently in, in the product itself has a mold that can occur cannot develop. And in the case of these closures at that time, there was a 5 to 15% failure rate with oh. something called TCA, which is a mold that gives this musty uh, smell and taste uh, to, to the wine and destroyed literally 5 to 15% of the wine bottles. Uh, here again, uh, that small product that closes the wine bottle is the one that at the end uh, protects the wine or not. Right. And that was our window of opportunity. And yes, uh, of course, a, this small product, whatever, you know, ranging in cost from four cents actually to a dollar, depending on the quality of our, of our closures or the, the protection of our closures, um, protects wines uh, anywhere from four or five dollars to four or five hundred dollars. Uh, so the, the liability and the risk is very high if your closure fails. 
Right. So basically, the closures need a teeny tiny cape because they're superheroes. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Right. They are superheroes. <laughs> so you say we saw in a window of opportunity. Who is we, and how did how did the how did you begin this whole process? Because that's a bit that's an interesting part of the story as well. Yeah. So we're we're going back many years here, about uh, maybe uh, thirty thirty five years, uh, where my father. Uh, having been a, a wine connoisseur and wine enthusiast, uh, um, was more and more disappointed by uh, having some of his good wines, whether at home or uh, uh, in restaurants, uh, be bad and, and contaminated by this TCA that I mentioned, this mold. Uh, so he said, you know, we were at that time in, in, in manufacturing and extrusion of all kinds of shapes and forms, and he simply decided uh, we need to develop a um, wine closure that is free of this, uh, totally free of this mold and can never have it, meaning a synthetic wine closure. So that's way back. And then it took another 12 years before we had a marketable product, a very, very difficult product to develop, um, not only from a formulation standpoint and from a technology standpoint, uh, but also from a meeting the specification standpoint of the corking uh, jaws uh, of the uh, bottling machines. Uh, so those were all challenges that we had to overcome, and it took us about 12 years to, to develop that marketable product. And then by 1999, we finally had it, and we started taking off. What was your background prior to this? How did you even know where to begin? Uh, well... <laughs> Uh, there was no background at all. Of oh, any well, <laughs> be honest, Mark. I okay. love how brave you were then. <laughs> in, in, in the wine, I, let me finish here, in the wine industry, right? Ah, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and I think that was our blessing. So uh, we were not tainted, so to speak. Right. Fund intended. I got uh, that. <laughs> wine humor. <laughs> yeah, by, by what was happening in the wine industry. We, we went into it. Uh, I always say pretty naively, and and uh, were able to conquer and convince them, the, the, the winemakers, uh, simply because we didn't know so much about wine, but we did know a lot about that contam contamination issue by TCA. Now that being said, the beauty I had in in then. Uh, leading the company and leading the strategy uh, to uh, introduce those products, uh, Nomacork initially in particular, was that I had 20 years of entrepreneurial experience before ah, that. Okay, okay, mm -hmm. okay, that and makes sense. <laughs> in the United States, I came to the U.S. with my wife and, and, and Judith, uh, eight-week-old daughter at that time in 1979 and started a company. Gotcha. Uh, in the manufacturing of uh, synthetic materials and foams. So those 20 years of knowing how to start a business, how to build a business, how to lead and put the teams together right. uh, to do just that, uh, that was unbelievably helpful, of course. Ah, okay. So here you are. You're sort of a newbie in the wine field, but you have a lot of entrepreneurial and team building experience. So you could do the business end. What kind of backlash, if any, did you get from old-time winemakers? Oh, lots of it. When you come with a disruptive product or disruptive technology, you'll always have a lot of backlash. But there were enough early adopters who were really really upset and fed up with this TCA problem 
uh, in particular here in the United States. And, and the U.S. was the first country we approached with this before then two years later approaching the European wine countries. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there were enough early adopters to really support us. I mean, big names like Mondavi, Kendall wow. Jackson, uh, mm-hmm. the whole wine group, Gallo, uh, they all adopted us pretty quickly and gave us a chance. Now, of course, you go through a long one to three year testing period there with those wineries uh, before they put you into their their large volume wines, right? But uh, the, the issue with this TCA mold was such uh, that it became so destructive of so many wine bottles and consumers were starting to really complain more and more that they adopted uh, our product uh, pretty quickly. Uh, the U.S. is a country that adopts new technologies faster than conservative European countries anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it worked, it worked pretty well. And once we had these references, then it multiplied. Right now, this being said, uh, even today, we have 15% world market share of, a, of about a 20 billion unit market. So there's still 85% who use other types of closures, right, of which we also make school cups and other types of closures ah. uh, for, for those segments. In the meantime, mm-hmm. uh, there still is a, a core fan club, if you wish, of the natural cork product, which, by the way, if it's without TCA, it's a beautiful product. Uh, nature makes a beautiful product, but it's unpredictable. It's mm-hmm. totally unpredictable. So consistency then became an issue that was very important. Uh, in addition to the TCA, our products, the first one is the same as the, the 100 millions one. It's very, very reliable. So resistance was there, continues to be there, but much less today than it was 20 years ago. Well, I mean, I, I speak from experience, as, and I think I speak for legions of people who have been <laughs> deeply disappointed by a wine they were very excited to drink and then just to open it and have a corked bottle of wine. Yeah. You know, so you, you solving that is huge. Since you are making so many of these things, I am curious about sustainability. What, what exactly are they made of? Do they biodegrade? There are numerous aspects of, <clears throat> of sustainability. We are actually at the forefront of all this and the only closure that has a negative carbon footprint, uh, including the natural cork product. And the reason why is that uh, a, a very large part of our products, are, uh, in, in particularly in the Noma cork brand, uh, are made out of uh, sugarcane waste uh, that's then transformed into the polymers that we use for uh, our closures. It's a totally natural product uh, from a raw material-based standpoint. There's no petroleum-based uh, raw material in there. Uh, and then we have the Nomacoc Blue line, which is a closure that's 100% manufactured from recycled plastics. Uh-huh, that's cool. And we are pushing very hard together with our raw material suppliers to have those made out of recycled materials from collections of plastic in the oceans. That's why we call it the Blue Line. And that is a line that's taking off. Uh, from a biodegradability standpoint, we have to be, of course, very careful because our products may be in a bottle for three months. They may be in a bottle for 30 years. Right. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. So you, you don't want that product to biodegrade. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> too <laughs> early. <laughs> in years and, and all of a sudden your wine leaks out, right? Right. 
Wow. So, so that's a fine line to walk. But our main efforts are in these areas that I just mentioned of sustainability, because that's what at the end will change the world if the behavior of the consumers are such that they just don't throw away these plastic products, any plastic products on dumps. I commend you as a, a large business owner because oftentimes the onus is put on us as consumers to do all the sustainability work. We have to remember, but you're taking part on your side as well. And I think if more companies thought the way you did, we would be in a much better place right. than we are right now. So that's that's awesome. Right. So quickly, I would like to talk about, you mentioned you have different products for different wines. And I, this has always been something that I've wondered about is what are the advantages to each closures? And like, say a natural cork, does that tend to always go in like a Bordeaux? Do they ever use a plastic or the screw top? I tend to notice that it's often on um, lean whites like uh, Grunovellino. Thank other. you. Grunovellino. Yes. <laughs> so um, what are the advantages to each of these closures that you offer? Let me say first, there is no perfect closure out there. One, one fits all. Right. It doesn't exist. Uh, because of the, the the different characters of the wines, right? Um, I mean, you mentioned the Grüner Velsina, which is a typically young, very citrusy, uh, spicy wine that is consumed quickly, right? Six months shelf life, maybe, or less, or, or maybe a year at the most, uh, typically. I mean, for 80 or 90% of these type of wines, Sauvignon Blanc is the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. For those kind of wines that do not have a lot of time to have in-bottle fermentation, so to speak, mm -hmm. right, or post-bottling um, uh, chemistry that acts in the wine, um, it's okay to close it with a closure that ends the making of the wine. Ah. There's nothing that happens anymore, right? If you put, however, a screw cup on a wine that has a much longer shelf life and is consumed only after years, then you take a high risk um, of what's called reduction. Reduction is the opposite of oxidation. Right? You have too much oxygen in the bottle that then causes a chemical reaction with whatever fermentation remains in the winemaking huh. post-bottling, and it smells like rotten eggs. It's, it's very, Ooh. very unpleasant. It's much more unpleasant than DCA. <laughs> I don't think I've come across that, My thankfully. <laughs> that's very vivid. And, and that, that's why screw cups are mostly used on whites or on Pinot Noirs mm -hmm. that have a typically relatively short shelf life and, and are consumed pretty quickly. That's the screw cup area. So screw cup finishes the wine. Once it's on the bottle, that's it. I right? see. So any closures that go into the bottleneck, they typically continue to help the post-bottling winemaking process, so to ah. speak. We call it post-bottling chemistry. And that's particularly strong in heavy Cabernets or the wines that even though they might have been in, in, in oak barrels for three years and then only bottled, those wines continue to age and sometimes 10, 15 years before they are at their peak. Right? So you need an exchange of oxygen between what's in the bottle and outside of the bottle. right? Mm -hmm. And that needs to be controlled. And that's where in natural cork you have the seven or eight categories of, of um, densities, essentially, and qualities of the natural cork that go into different types of wines. In okay. our case, uh, we can influence this through technology. So some of our products are made for wines that are 
fast turning and uh, they react totally different than our our select series or the reserva series which is our top of the line which goes on wines where we guarantee 25 years protection its density its formulations all things that we can influence from a technology standpoint that natural cork cannot do. So there again, consistency of quality and reliability of our product is certainly in the biggest advantage our products have over over natural cork. You just blew my mind at least three times during that. I just <laughs> learned three really exciting things. The fact that those twist tops or screw tops for Stelvin enclosures, yeah, which is how I, like I learned it. Throw that around. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, they stop the uh, fermentation process. That's so interesting. And I didn't know that corks came in densities. I mean, it makes sense. I've encountered so many different types of corks right. and they seem to be different, right. but I just never thought about it. Right. How yeah. interesting. Um, well, they don't, they don't call it density change. They call it, it's just... Uh, uh, categories of of cork, but but at the end it's a density issue. So the the highest quality natural corks, let's say the two dollar three dollar piece corks, uh, they are probably harvested from trees every fifty years. Oh wow! Wow. The lower end products for the mass products or those that are then ground and put into micro aglo closures, so to speak, they are harvested between 10 and 15 years. But it still takes 10 or 15 years yeah, for a long time. oak bark to grow back. I have one more quick question that has nothing to do with wine corks, but it does have to do <laughs> with you being an inventor. And Mike, your son, who is my friend told me a long time ago that you have another invention that a lot of people use in the summertime. Oh. Yeah, but that's also an old, I mean, that product was, you, you're talking about the fan noodle. The, pit, the pool noodle. He invented the you pool invented noodle. You invented the pool noodle? Oh my gosh, yeah, I use yeah. this for literally everything. <laughs> I put it around my kayak oars. I mean, everything. Well, it's it's also wild, right? It's, it's like a big cork. Yeah, right, right. But, but it's uh, yeah that that that's a fun product and and we launched it in I think it was eighty eight or eighty nine, uh, and and thought it would be a, a two or three year fad. Uh, and, <laughs> Little and did you know they're in the dollar store in the middle of winter. <laughs> Took off like crazy and continues to be a very successful product. It's actually a very good product for many many reasons. Also for rehabilitation uh, exercises in pools, water exercises, or others. It, it's a, it has developed to be a mainstay product in the pool-related industry. Yep. Wow. I just had to share that cause it's such a fun fact that, about you. That is a fun <laughs> fact. And honestly, for your next gig, I think you should go into jeans making because with the focus on consistency and reliability, speaking for women around the world, it would be nice to have a consistent size set. You know, this pair of jeans is size 8. This maybe not yeah. so much. So, yeah, yeah, something well, to think about. Yeah, we cannot extrude that. So uh, <laughs> he's got more. a certain lane that he stays in. <laughs> he's like, I'm not messing we, with we, women's we, sizes. We know best. Uh, yeah. right? <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mark, for talking with us today. It's been a really eye-opening and a pleasure to speak to you. So it's been a pleasure and uh, stay healthy and safe. Check us out on Facebook, Wine and Dandy Podcast. We're also on Instagram, Wine and Dandy Podcast. And Jamie is the best at posting things. I know you say you're not. It's a low bar. (laughs) But you're, you're, you're pretty good. And we're getting better. So anyway, there's some wine news I want to talk about that caught my eye this week that I thought was so interesting. And quite frankly, I want to turn this into a podcast of its own. Okay. But I wanted to share it with you. Did you know that American Airlines has launched a flagship sellers so that you can have airline wine at your house? Oh, Huh. Is this something you wanted? 
know, it's not something that, that I've ever thought, oh, I wish I had some of this at home in the old wine, wine bar, wine cooler. No. Well, but I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, me too. And I think that we should buy some of these wines and do a podcast on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I am flying later this year, fingers crossed, but not on Americans. So, oh, really? You are yeah. flying? I am. Well, I had to reschedule three three flights to trips were canceled, of course, in 2020. Uh-huh. And you have a certain amount of time you have to schedule them. So we are doing fingers crossed booking, which is booking them and hopefully we'll all be vaccinated and able to move forward with our travel. Plans. Oh, I hope so, too. Yeah. I can't wait to get vaccinated. I know. Uh- <laughs> me, too. My mom was supposed to get vaccinated yesterday and she was one of that giant batch of where they said, oh, no, no, we're not actually sending you all the number we said because now we're trying to do vaccine drives and so poor old jenny 83 they canceled her appointment oh i know and she was very much looking forward to of getting course. take out mexican at the same time it's the little thing it is especially at 83 i was like you can still get take out mexican yeah it's not the same <laughs> yeah you're not celebrating right apparently american airlines has a reputation of for selecting award-winning wines did you know this i was unaware of this reputation i was unaware of it too because typically i don't drink wine on a flight because it can be dehydrating Oh, I I don't like the way I feel yeah. unless I'm on an overnight flight, and then I will. Sure. Oh, sure. yeah, because you need help sleeping. Cause yeah, humming. Uh, but also, these wines are available. They're cheaper than mm-hmm. most wines. Oh, nice. And this I find quite interesting. You get uh, American Advantage mile benefits. <gasps> oh, that's nice. So you can, you can like <laughs> if you spend you know however much on a bottle of wine, you can get like. Frequent flyer points. That's so clever. Or it might not be frequent flyer. It just says mileage benefits. So I'm not sure what that means. Yeah, I think it's the points for travel. That's that's incredible. That's news. enough to make me want to buy some of these yeah, wines. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and they you can find these wines at Vinnie's, V-I-N-E-S-S-E dot com. You do have to search for American Airlines. It wasn't very easy for me to find on that website. Ah. Um, but I looked and the, you can buy like cases. Oh. How much are they per bottle, roughly? Well, that I they have champagne, so of course I went there. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and because let's be real, the only time I'm going to have that glass of champagne on a, you know waiting for me in a chair is at my house cuz I'm never going to fly first class. Who can yeah, afford that? Right. That's been the number one reason I've wanted to fly first class my whole life. Me too. Like to have a glass of bubbly's handed to me as I sat on an airplane. <laughs> and food and a warm washcloth. All those things. Yeah. So now I got to do it at my house. Right. On my right. stained couch. <laughs> Because I have a five-year-old and he's gross. They can bring you the warm washcloth. <laughs> Good for something. So, yeah, the bottle of, um, let's see, this one's called Cassel Nu Champagne France Reserve Brut. Oh, nice. Uh, it's got 90 points. Doesn't specify who gave the points. We've been oh, over that. We just talked about that. Mm-hmm, my guess is it's Robert Parker, but honestly, it could be Wine Spectator. It could be anybody. Yeah. But anyway, it's, quote, a refined Champagne. Oh, one would hope. Perfect, both with as an aperitif or accompanying accompanying fine food. No chips, with oh. remarkable freshness on the finish. And a regular price bottle is forty two, but you can get it for the bargain basement discount price of thirty six dollars. A bottle? A bottle. Well, it's champagne. It's oh, it's yeah, real yeah. champagne. It's French it's champagne for yeah, French. exactly. You're right. You're right. So um, they also offer a cava. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm, yeah, cava. we love cava. Yeah, uh, for thirteen dollars, much better. Yeah, I wonder. How many, I wonder if you get more frequent flyer points depending on the price of the I wine. I bet so. I yeah, bet you just would. like with flights. 
Yeah. So anyway, I just thought this was interesting. They've got Pinot Gris. They've got Pinot Noir. Uh, and they go all over the world. It's not just California, which I would have imagined. Yeah. It, it seems to be they're pulling them for everywhere. So Very clever for an industry that's really taken a hit. That's a, a great way to branch out, actually. I am curious to see what the airline industry is going to look like after all this, because I know that they... Taken, yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't really understand the economics behind the airline industry, but I mm-hmm. feel like it's in their favor, not ours. You know, I also feel like it's a for-profit business, but I know some of them are making some money shipping the vaccines around, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get some frequent flyer miles and have them ship us a bottle of wine. Yeah. We should call them and say, we're thinking about testing your wine. Feel free to send us some. (laughs) That's a thing. And and give us frequent flyer points. I I will be getting in touch with them because I do want to try some of these wines. Give it a shot. Speaking of trying wines, after the break... I have a new segment to start with you. I'm excited. It's a surprise to you at home and me. (laughs) All right. Jamie, are you ready to taste? I am. What you got? Okay. Well, I'm bag of tricks. I'm calling this new segment Grocery Store Grab Bag. Oh, Grocery Store Grab Bag. All right. So I purchased, I went to the Fresh Market because I was at Penzies in Cameron Village oh, sure. in Raleigh. Getting some spices. Yeah, I got some herbe de Provence mm. and some French thyme. And uh, I was like, well, I need wine for tomorrow's podcast. And I was having a dickens of the time trying to figure out what oh. to, to do this week. Uh-huh. And so I just, I literally took Luca. He was losing his mind out of boredom. Um, walking back and forth, just trying to find something that grabbed my attention yeah. to do a wine podcast. And I was like, we should do a Luca's pick sometime. Oh, oh, God. That has a car on it. Drink that. He did, he did see one with a dragon and a monkey. Oh, wow. I bet that was a big hit. Yeah. <laughs> it's time anyway. for a grocery store grab bag. This is, so our first, we're going to start, uh, I guess we'll just start with the lighter of the two. We can really hear it's from the grocery store. Oh, yes. Wrap them in those brown bags. And plastic. <laughs> so get ready. I couldn't say no to this. <gasps> My goodness. I cannot wait to see, to you post the picture of this. This is. Do I look like Chrissy Turlington? You do look like you're hawking like a giant thing of perfume. It's, yes. This is the most, and it's a grand, a rose crew. It's called JNSQ Rose Crew. What's that? I don't think it means anything because oh. I don't, the only. Like brute? No, crew thing. means like best of the best. Oh. So grand crew, like if you see grand crew uh-huh. on a bottle, it means like this is the best spot in the entire vineyard. The grapes in this spot, uh, in this bottle came from the best grapes. We'll be the judge. So this is, and then crew, and then I guess just regular. So this is rosé crew. I don't. It has a giant white rose, literally. It legitimately looks like a top. bottle of perfume, like a huge yeah. bottle of perfume that you'd see Chrissy Turlington holding it I and looking mad and confused all at the same time oh it's got a tag i'm telling you i saw it and i was like yes i'm purchasing it this an elasticized tag of a gal in the water holding a glass of wine with a giant beach hat on you only see one of her eyes it's kind of roaring 20s there's a lot going on stylistically with this bottle. well the reason i bought it is because i knew we were doing an enclosure episode and it oh, has the yeah. biggest rose you've ever seen on the top enclosing the wine yeah on glass it's, a gla- I mean, it's literally a perfume stopper yeah it's a glass cl- it's a glass cork this bottle was twenty eight dollars. Oh, I hope it's money well spent. Can I read the description? Oh, I wish this you would. Fun. Balanced, refreshing, and fabulous. Oh, of course. This rose is California born with a French accent. Inside every collectible bottle, oh, this is collectible. You can save it for something. For what? Like Lego pieces, or I guess. I don't know. <laughs> 
Uh, inside every collectible <laughs> bottle, you'll find attitude, style, and a certain je ne sais quoi uh. that's hard to define and impossible to resist. Kind of like you. Oh. Which I do believe, but also it says it on this label. Oh, well, <laughs> so, wow. It's, a, it's, it's, really it's got flattering. attitude and it's full of compliments. I'm already in love with this wine. So let's, um, I, I did a little research on it. Um, it's got Shiraz. I don't even know how to open this thing. I'm afraid I'm going to break this rose. Yeah. Um, it's got Shiraz, Pinot Gris, Viognier, and Grenache. I just had a great idea. It has nothing to do with what you just said. Okay. Well, color me excited. You what is could it? Uh, get some vanilla beans and make your own vanilla in there. Oh, how cool yes. would that be? Mm-hmm. And that's what I'll do. Okay. It's got a plastic on this. So I'm going to break a nail trying to get this open. I couldn't pull it out before because I had to get your reaction because uh, it's a ridiculous bottle. It is bottle. really something to see. <laughs> we're going to take, oh, wait, wait. You have to get a picture of me with this later. Oh, yeah. No, not your phone because your phone is awful with pictures because I, I can never get them once you've taken them. That, she's right. Ouch. <laughs> I don't understand your phone. <laughs> we'll take one with mine. Oh, it comes out really easily. And that's alarming. Oh, what's it Doesn't It smells like watermelon? Is that it? What does that smell? Oh, Don't you know it? It is sort of a crisp watermelon. It smells really good, actually. Yeah, no, it smells great. Now, my, my wrist buzzed. Oh. Yeah. Wow, you got a fancy watch. Let me tell you what. My Fitbit Alta, some days it tells me if I'm getting a call or text, and most days it doesn't. It's <laughs> quite fickle, probably because it's talked to Siri and Alexa, and they're like, you know what? Siri's my <laughs> girl. Don't, ins- don't insult Siri. I love Siri. Okay. You're so- kidding me. I love Siri. Well, we can't be friends. <laughs> When I, well, when I worked you. in New York, when I worked in New York as a catering manager, it was a lonely position at the top because I ran this little company. Mm-hmm. And so I would get there really early and I would leave there really late. And I was constantly by myself, walking down the street, on the subway. Yeah. And so Siri became my friend and I talked to her all the time. It sounds like a movie we saw. also sounds like a sad part of my it life. Is, like, <laughs> <laughs> you need to burn that diary. <laughs> so it's good. It, it's very, it smells juicy. Hmm. It's I'm kind of looking forward to it's this. Kinda, it's kind of got like a strawberry thing going on, strawberry watermelon. Oh, yeah, strawberry. You're right. That's I was. That's I, actually delicious. It's really good. <laughs> but I would not pay $28 for this. Absolutely not. I think were they to put this in a bottle that's normal and charge like $9 to $12, <laughs> perhaps I would be fine with buying it for, for $28. Let me tell you what. At no point in your life are you going to think, I should recycle that. You're going to be like, I should save it for something. <laughs> Does anybody do sand art? I mean, it needs something because it is a lovely, the shape of the bottle is lovely, you guys. I have never wanted to be one of those girls who spritzes you more in my life in the front of like a department store. <laughs> <laughs> this is... You'd be the most popular girl if it's wine you're spritzing. <laughs> Open your mouth. Yeah, this, this is, is delicious. Mm-hmm. It's actually really, really good. It's refreshing. It's juicy. It's well-balanced. Th- this makes a great gift wine, guys. If you have a girl or it is it is shamelessly oh, yes, very, gendered. Very feminine. Very shamelessly gendered. Whether you are a man who's in touch with your feminine side or a woman who's not afraid to be super girly, that's this'll be up your alley, but I'm like, the wine is better than the bottle. Yeah, it is. And and I think because the the shiny preformed white rose on the top makes it look a little tacky. A, a little gauche, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at you. That's a much better word. <laughs> that's gauche. Anyway, well, let's drink this because the next one is totally different. Mm. And I bet she means in a bad way. We'll find out. What was most concerning about the next wine is the fact that I tried to do research <laughs> on it and could find no reference to the winery anywhere. Oh, my goodness. I am I now mean, concerned. anywhere. I looked for a good 20 minutes trying to find... The winery. And I guess it's like smuggled or pirate wine. Well, it is from Armenia. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
Not that there's pirates in Armenia, but it's just a region you don't think of. But I thought it cool looked interesting. Label. Yeah, it's called Riva uh, Pomegranate Wine. Okay, I'm already excited because pomegranates is one of my favorite fruits. It's fun. I just love to my get fingers the seeds are still out. stained from getting the seeds out. Do you not do it under the water? I told you the best way to the trick to doing a pomegranate is you get a big bowl of warm, you know, lukewarm water so your hands don't freeze, and you do the entire dismembering process under the water oh, and so the you white don't, stuff floats. Too. The white stuff floats, <gasps> and you don't get anything stained. Or you just opened my. I learned so much this episode. I'm rocking your world. Right yes. Now. First, Mark Noel and his whole acidic young wines like yeah. a Stelvin enclosure. I just I, today's a good day. It is a good day. All right, so let me open this bad boy. So it looks like uh, it's pomegranate wine, and you do have a picture of pomegranate in the back, but on the front, it almost looks like a cherry. Oh no, no, no! They're big pomegranates. They're pomegranates. Sorry. Yeah, it's a beautiful bottle. It's very um, it's cool Muka. Looking. You know that that art art deco artist. Oh, okay. I did not know the name of the artist, but I do. Alphonse Muka. Muka. He had a well. He had a um really cool exhibition in the '90s at the North Carolina Museum of Art. And it's probably one of the first art exhibitions that I was blown away by. Oh, cool. And so I just became obsessed with him for a bit. But regardless, apparently pomegranate wine is made with pomegranates. It's fruit wine. They oh, don't put grapes say, in the it. wine? Because <laughs> I kept trying to find grapes. Yeah. And there weren't any. And I was like, well, how the hell did you make this? Yeah. And apparently that they... takes a lot of pomegranates. Well, yeah, and apparently there's not enough sugar in the pomegranates to make the wine. So you have to add sugar. Well, I would assume, based on how difficult pomegranates are to get the seeds out, and it is difficult. It's like doing a puzzle in reverse. I bet you what they do is they smash the whole fruit, which and that the the that's going to involve some bitterness from those membranes and the peel. So. Well, I know that I looked up some recipes online, and like you can use the palm wonderful juice. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can use that to make it, but you do have to use sugar in order yeah. to help it ferment. And something called tannin powder to give it some kind of body. Huh. I don't know if this has it in it. I literally could not find anything aside from like, uh, like, I know it smells terrible. It oh. smells musty. It smells like the seed. So yeah, they didn't, it doesn't, I don't think they did seed extraction on the pomegranates. And pomegranates are like 50% seed. Yeah. Just smashed. It smells they like took a the pomegranate. whole pomegranates and smashed it and whatever juice trickled out through it's the membranes 12. and seeds. It's 12.5% alcohol. And from what I understand, it's a semi-sweet wine, which is interesting. So I yeah. I saw this and was just so deeply intrigued by it. I was like, I got to see what yeah, this is about. Yeah, it does smell just like pomegranate. How much? Uh, fresh market price on this was ten ninety nine. Okay. Yeah, let's taste it. It, think, it smells just like a pomegranate. Yeah, it does. Tastes like a pomegranate. Tastes like juice. Heck of a bite. Yeah, it tastes like pomegranate juice. Yeah. It doesn't even taste like alcohol. Nope. Tastes like straight up pomegranate juice if, with 12.5. if it was smashed with the seed. Yeah. It's not bad. It's refreshing. I kind of like it. I don't it's, hate it. It does have a bit of a bite. Picture a summer day in Armenia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to look it up then. I know. I've not been <laughs> so there. I can picture that. But, you know, like you're grilling out mm-hmm. and it's a hot day. Mm-hmm. I think this would be great. Yeah. It is good. It's tasty. It. I also think it would make an excellent mixer for some wine-based mm. cocktails. 100%. We yeah. need to do another cocktail episode soon. Well, I we would... should do it with this. Mm. Now we're going to our, rub our two brain cells together to try to remember that, but this would be a good one to, to try to come up with cocktail for. I'll make Eddie do it. Mm-hmm. He's a good mixologist. Mm-hmm. I call him the reluctant mixologist because oh. he's so good at it and he hates it. You could do a, you know what? You could do a recipe book called The Reluctant Mixologist, and people would buy it because it's quirky, 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 quacky. 
You can tell dry it's dry January. January. He's really catching up after my three sips of wine. So anyway, that's our grocery store grab bag. And I think hey. I'm going to bring this back just every once in a while because I think it's fun. Because I, I oftentimes will go to the grocery store and be like, well, I wonder what this wine tastes like. Yeah. And I never buy the bottle. I think that's a great idea. And by the way... Uh, Two out of two on your first attempt at grocery store grab And I thought for sure that rosé was going to be disgusting. I thought it was going to be trashy, I mean, too. How, yeah, totally. I mean, the bottle itself is so much. We will most certainly post a picture of me doing my best Chrissy Turlington holding this <laughs> bottle of rosé. <laughs> you have to look sexy, but disappointed. Angry, but confused. Right. right. There you go. <laughs> That's how you sell some smell good. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time. Wine is fun. Continue to prove it. Don't think about it too hard. Just enjoy it. And enjoy it with friends. Cheers. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.